Hello and welcome back to another episode of Turf Talk. Jam packed this week, so much to talk about. Uh, we'll be reviewing all the action from last weekend at Haydock, where me and Jimbo were. Good day, wasn't it, Jim? It was a good day, just sadly not a profitable one. Well, I came out £12 up thanks to Gooseman at Navan, and uh, we were talking about all the action at Ascot as well, including Altior, 17 in a row. Can he equal Big's Books record at Cheltenham next time? I can't wait to find that out. What what a racing weekend we've had. We'll also be looking forward to, again, one of the biggest weekends of the season next week, Cheltenham Trials Day. So it's going to be 17 out of 17 over hurdles and fences. 12 out of 12 in steeplechases. Altior wins the Clarence House. He wins again. I mean, the place to start, really is the Clarence House chase. Altior, grade one, 17 in a row, seventh length victory over Fox Norton, Diego de Charmil, absolutely spanked in third. I mean, th- there's just nothing else you can say. The amount of ground Altior must have lost from repeatedly jumping left-handed, sometimes, I say, alarmingly so. What did you make of it, Jim? There's just no words, really. He, he, he is the outstanding horse in this division, and... In the world. In the world. And if you look at previous two-mile dominance, like Nicky Henderson's Sprinter Sacra, he always has had this peach of a two-mile chaser, and I think he just gets better and better every time he runs LTR. There was the interesting thing on Twitter that did the rounds. Did you see about why he jumps left-handed on right-handed? Didn't he blame special... Oh, the thing about he's off four? Yeah. He's, uh, about he changes his four and then he runs down the fence and that's some great piece of journalism to find out that information and unreal and Nicky Henderson also mentioned blaming special tiara for making Altior jump left but I think that's just a bit of a laughable comment but yeah I, I, there's not much I, we sort of previewed this race it, it fell apart didn't it when Erndesaw was the non-runner because of the ground I thought the ground looked fairly soft at the weekend I uh, uh, Ascos probably the softer side of good to soft yeah uh, I think I, still Altior probably would have beat Erndesaw but it would have made it interesting if Erndesaw was in that race yeah definitely Erndesaw that would be going for his fourth, fourth win in the yeah. house would he yeah I mean there's been a lot of talk surrounding this race regarding the actual relevance of it don't let me wrong I think it's worth mentioning as well, cracking performance from Fox Norton. Yeah. First run back from a year off with injury. And He'll I've, go for the Ryanair next. He, yeah, he'd definitely have a serious chance, I think, in the Ryanair. Oh, yeah, big time. But the things people mentioned, the Clarence House, up until 2007, mm. was it, or 2006-ish, sometime in the mid to late 2000s, was one of a handicap. They wouldn't have been free runners had no. this have been a handicap. They would have been 15, but... Then the question arises, does, does Altior run it? Would Altior it? want to win a Grade 1 handicap? I'm I'm going to be honest, Jimbo, and I know a lot of people will disagree with me here. I agree with the fact that Grade 1s are Grade 1s and not handicaps. So, so do I. I, and I at, at the top level, it should be the best horse on the day who wins, not the best horse favoured by the weights. Have, having, having Grade 3 handicaps is brilliant, because we all know we all know people would rather win a Hennessy than a many clouds chase. Yeah. That's why the purse is there. But especially, and that's one of the things that makes jumps racing so interesting, the fact that we have graded handicaps. 
and you know they, they, they tend to be a little bit less between the 150 rated horses you know mid 150s like black Horton, mm-hmm. who aren't realistically good enough to win an open an open graded chase correct gives them a good target to aim for and and it's also a route for the progressive horses to take through before going into open company, yeah, graded if, if, open if company. If they think that they're going to be one of the top chasers to come or hurdlers to come, then they could... It's not a practice, but it's almost a, an opportunity to just get a grade three under your belt, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. And don't get me wrong, they are probably, I say, long-distance staying handicap chasers are my favourite type of race, the Hennessy, the Classic Chase, the Grand National, the Peter Marsh at the weekend. The good as grade threes. I mean, the Peter Marsh is a grade two, which makes no sense whatsoever. I know. Uh, but the top level should be the best horse who comes out on top. It's 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 like if if the Open, the Golf Open, or the Masters, you know, you got my dad playing off twelve in it. <laughs> it's just not fair, is it? You, you know, what I mean, it's f- f- fair enough at Ellen Golf Club, not you know, not at the top level. It should be the best one on the day who wins. No matter what. But if we look at the, that idea in this race, then Fox Norton would have got eight pounds off Altiori. Now, eight pounds for seven lengths, would that have... It wouldn't have made a difference, would it? Do you not think? It, it won with more in hand than seven lengths. Fair do's. It, it was an easy seven lengths. Fair do's. It, it was never stretched at any point. I mean, in terms of Altior, he's unbeaten in 17 starts over fences. What does racing need to do? This is a horse that everyone in Britain should know about, I think. Everyone in Britain should know about him. Yeah, I don't I don't think my mum would be able to name him. No. You know what I mean? What does racing need to do to promote its superstars? We've got a horse actually at the festival who'll be going to equal a world record. Yeah. So how do we publicise? How how do we promote yeah. Altior to the general public? Back in the, you know, I guess the last horse to really capture the public's imagination was Desert Orchid yeah. over 25 years ago. Mm. You know, would do people who, sports fans, but only with a passing interest, the sort who might watch a bit of the festival and the Grand National, how do we promote Altior's running this afternoon at Ascot? You have to watch it. Mm. How do we do that? How do we we know how good he is as a racing fan? The general public need to know. Yeah, and it's something we as a sport almost need to work on. Completely Publi- agree. Publicise, promote the stars but, of the show. But to be honest, ITV have done a very good job of the current debate and topic of showing everyone behind the scenes, like saddling up and what are the individual things to make a horse run on the day and and I I think that's a really good thing but I completely agree with you with the fact of how do we get sports fans to watch LTR at the Cheltenham Festival to equal a record of 18 straight wins well it's maybe not even the Cheltenham Festival like the, the Tingle Creek was almost equivalent to a heavyweight boxing match yeah you know between you know, it's it's like Klitschko against Joshua again, and people who aren't massive boxing fans watch that. Mm-hmm. As racing, we as racing people, as people who love the sport and have a keen interest in it, we need to get people who maybe aren't quite as interested in it, ones who have a passing interest in it, 
hype this stuff up. Mm. You know, like Jesus Christ, Ben Battle against Winks was brilliantly hyped. Yeah. And it made me watch it. I say, I've, I've, I've said to Jim before, I don't particularly care for international racing. You know, it's it's I'm I'm, 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 I'm very 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 insular when it comes to the sort of races I watch. I'll never wake up to watch a Breeders' Cup, uh, but I, I watched Ben Battle against Winks. Woke up early because of the hype around it. That's me as a racing fan. What we need to do as racing people, it's a tough one, isn't it? Hmm. Because free runner races like this aren't aren't the Got sort it. of thing we need no. to promote. No, because. Look at it's it's like saying look at this horse wander around a bit yeah because he's not he, he's not really had a race on no and I mean he's not half of last, last year's Cheltenham Green Mother no and half of the field at the Champion Chase have kind of been scared off by him mm. it's a tough one it it kind of goes hand in hand because the more and more Altior becomes unbeatable the less and less competitive his races get. Mm. So on the one hand, yes, you've got the story of an unbeatable horse, you know, that you can promote to the public, watch this champion, watch this once-in-a-lifetime absolute monster. But on the other hand, watch this absolute monster beat the same two horses he's been beating for the past three years. E.g. Winks. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. Oh, have you see that tweet someone, after after Racing UK, put on about uh, Altio? TV. Yeah. About Altio winning 17 in a row, and yeah. some Australian put, oh, beating the same old donkeys, bring him over to Warren and Bull. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, just to finish off with that, consistently fantastic, and he'll win the Queen Mother again. He will, and we will be there on the Wednesday. We will be. To watch him win. Brilliant, yeah. The most impressive performance of the weekend for me was Surname. Mightily impressive. 21 lane. Random ragged. Oh. There's something special about a brilliant front-running performance. There's something special about, especially but, when he's so far clear as surname was. They always seem to happen at Ascot, don't they? It's a front-runner's track, I yeah, think. so do I. And it, uh, Harry Cobb didn't give him an absolute peach of a ride, and he demolished the field by 21 lengths, beating what I thought was a really strong race. Do you not agree? Yeah, oh, yeah, there was strength in depth to it, definitely. I mean, he won that off a mark of 150. Time form now have him at 165 plus. I don't know about the official handicapper. The, the doubt, the doubt going into Cheltenham would be all these forms left-handed. Correct. Right-handed? I, I don't know which hand's which. All these forms, right. the way Ascot goes. Right-handed. That's that right-handed. Cheltenham's left-handed. Yeah, of course it is. Cheltenham's a left-handed course. All these forms right-handed. He didn't run at the festival last season. Because of that. You'd just save him for entry, couldn't you? That's also right-handed. Because I know, but he's, he's, had, he's got form at, at Ascot, I'm pretty sure. Uh, at entry. At entry. Soundly beaten by Finian's Oscar last season when sent off favourite for the mild May. And, oh, it's, it's, it's enough. It's not just one or two runs here and there. There's enough of a correlation in surname's form to suggest... Everything good he does comes on a left-handed course. But then if you also look at his form previously, he had a blip behind Kay Delan when he went off favourite. Although it that, that, that was over a trip too sharp for him. Too sharp for him. It's not a two-miler. So, what do you go? Do you take the risk and go? You're going to have to take a risk and go to Cheltenham now, aren't you? It's, I mean, it's, it's, it, it, it'd be the Ryanair, wouldn't it? Yeah. 
and it'd be it's that that that's almost turning into one of the most competitive races of the festival. Uh, I'd probably be against Surname. I guess there's the Ascot Chase, which is course and distance back here next month. Surname's as short as ten to one now to win the Ryanair. Wouldn't be for me. Wouldn't be for me. I think he's a very, very likely winner of the Ascot Chase if he turns up in that. Uh, but you can't really say anything. It was twenty-one lengths is is won by, and I mean that distance was pretty much all the way from the front. Yeah, and we were pretty dominant on Mister Medic, and I was also very keen on Benatar. So, uh, and they've run. I wouldn't say below par, but they've just been jumped into submission, really, haven't they? It it reminded me of Frodon and Baron Alco in the Caspian yeah. Caviar early in the season. But this time it was just one of them. Yeah. Just one of them. Uh, Happy Divas ran another good race back in third. Lovely, I'll, we'll, we'll give lovely her a mention. consistent mare. And, yeah. Yeah, r- really, really deserves to win a big pot for Kerry Lee. Uh, the Holloway Hurdle, speaking of consistent horses, Bally Moy is fast developing into a really, really solid racehorse. Mm-hmm. Never flashy, always gets the job done, and now he's won six of his last seven starts. And and one of them was behind a horse we're going to talk about later in Global Citizen. So, yeah, I, I, the step up to two mile, three and a half, two mile, four, might as well call it, really suits him because I'm, it was two mile was far too short for him. And he is slowly progressing into... A pretty decent type, and where what would you do for him now? Would you aim for a big handicap at Cheltenham and save his handicap? Well, he can't really save it anymore because he's gonna have to go up into the one fifties, isn't he? He's he's, he's what off one five two now. I've just seen one that off one four seven. Uh, I'd probably. If I was Nick, uh, it's a tough one, isn't it? The low one fifties are the hardest mark to probably get your head around. It'd be the Coral Cup, wouldn't it? You'd have to go if for it. If, if you're, if you're at Cheltenham. For, yeah, you'd have to go for that. But then, could you even just go, you know what, we'll go for it and go for the stayers? Because he looks like a staying type. Yeah. Do it's, you just see where you stand in Grady Company and see what happens? I'd rather, if I was Simon and Isaac, if I were two people, I'd go for... <laughs> I'd be more inclined to send Ballymore to the stairs in place of Holstone. So would I. I think Ballymore is a likelier, likely to run a big race than because Holstone. Because we'll talk about Holstone later, who runs next Saturday, or this incoming Saturday. Yeah. Uh, Seddon's run a decent race. I, I'm not, I was very keen on Seddon, and I'm not quite sure he, he looked like a two-mile, three-and-a-half horse. I'm, I'm, maybe I, I, I think I'll opening marks possibly slightly steep off one for because at the time he's still a young horse we thought he was a decently handicapped horse and obviously the weight just got to him that day and yeah I'm not sure we said in it I think he's one to just keep on side but don't rule out and those days are gone he, he drifted a bit and when Charles Burns horses drift they normally don't win and was slightly disappointing and I wasn't expecting him to romp home but he was decisive at Weatherby and looked to have plenty in hand, uh, but this was a too big a step up in class and wasn't for me. Yeah, I, I'd agree, but I, I like Ballymoy. Re- really consistent horse going the right way. Uh, over to Haydock. 
Skybred Supreme Trial, the Rossington Main, as it's properly called. Mr. Fisher ran out a fairly decisive winner for Nicky Henderson, although Bright Forecast must have lost around 10 lengths on the bend when running back towards the saddling boxes. Two quite smart novices, I think. Do you see either of them as potential Cheltenham Festival winners? No, I don't. I, I was very, very disappointed in how this race caught up in uh, with the runners and I was looking forward to seeing Thomas Darby in it and there was Angel's Breath, the favourite for the Supreme. I, I'm not sure with this race. I, Mr Fisher has done nothing wrong in winning here. I think Mr Fisher looks slow. Do you? Yeah. I, I don't think he'll have the pace for... Although people say you need a stayer to win the Supreme at Cheltenham. I'm I'm not sure with Mr. Fisher that he'd be good enough. He He's almost just below that top class for me, and you need a top class horse to win the Supreme. But in, in terms of form, what he's done this season, is he the one to beat? Bearing in mind, Angel's Breath, we've seen jump four hurdles in a race at Ascot. Mr. Fisher's won that good race. See, at Kempton on Boxing Day, beat Thomas Darby. He's now won a grade two and beat the previously unbeaten Bright Forecast. I can see where you're coming from, but for me, Alexia Danutz is the standard setter because he's turned up this season at every event and won. I, yeah, I, I, I could see that. I could see that. I, I'm a fan of Mr. Fisher. I'm a, I'm a fan of him. I'm not quite sure whether I have him as a supreme winner, but I, I think he's pretty decent. Mm-hmm. Same with Bright Forecast, who would I catch on the week here after his debut win at Newbury when he became a pop, what, like 33s or something, something silly? Popped up for the old Anitti syndicate. Yeah, he's run another good race, possibly. Shapes like he needs a little bit further. Yeah, an inconvenience by that rogue idea of going so far around the bend and heading back to the stables and yeah bright forecast I, I was impressed with bright forecast because I thought he'd get beat further and I did think Mr Fisher would win after looking at the field but it was way too short for me and yeah this I don't think this race will make any impact at Cheltenham I, I, I wouldn't go quite go that far I, I don't really have a strong opinion on the Supreme yet Mr Fisher would be on my shortlist yeah Staying over two miles, now we're moving on to the senior hurdlers, the new one Unibet hurdle, which is registered as a champion hurdle trial. Well done, Unibet, for giving it a proper name. Great to see the new one at Haydock as well in the flesh. he's always been... Growing up, he has just been the horse that I've always loved, and he's he's made his name in the sport, and every every week he used to run there enough, and Haydock always seemed to be his track. Did he have five wins there? Yeah, including four in this race. So... He's always run well at Haydock and thoroughly deserves the name of this race. Although, rather fittingly for the new one, it's probably gone to one who isn't quite just top class. Yeah. <laughs> Global Citizen, the winner though for Ben Pauling. Well done to Ben, I say. We want Ben Pauling to have some good winners this campaign after, it's, after it's been a shocking season. Awful. Awful season through no fault of his own. Pretty smart, Global Citizen. Beating Silver Streak, Western Rider. Silver Streak jumped horrendously, I thought. Jumped like an absolute donkey, smashed through the second last and did well to get three lengths behind Global Citizen and sort of cost his win. I think he should have won this Silver Streak and I was very disappointed. But Global Citizen, 
he gave a funny sort of ride, I thought, to the Global Citizen in the beginning because he was very, very keen. As we know, Global Citizen is always keen. Yeah. But he, it almost looked as if he was trying to hold him up and be second or third and just try and get some cover off someone. But then he asserted going past the finishing line for the first time and then didn't see another rival. And I I was impressed with Global Citizen. He's 33-1 to one to win the champion hurdle and I, I think he's... He's a bang average horse, and I don't like using that, but because he's, he's a Grade Two winner, but he's not a top class. No, he's not top class. He's not bang average either. He's clearly pretty smart, and he's earned his place in the Champion Hurdle lineup. But I mean, fourth behind Bouvardere and Vadana Blue at Christmas, there's work to do to get himself there. I think the first three home relay. Deserve the place in the champion hurdle lineup. Yeah, would you say that they're the three best English runners, barring Nicky Henderson's duo? Trio, brain power. Oh, brain power trio. Very, 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 very possibly, but they're they're some way off, I reckon. Uh, if 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 you fancy one of them running into a place, I wouldn't put anyone off. Backing them each way, but realistically, Silver, Silver Streak, I'd probably, I'd be willing to give one more chance at Cheltenham in the Champion Hurdle because fifty to one looks big for me. I think he should be half that price. <sighs> I, I, I don't see how any of these can win it. Global Citizen would probably be the likeliest one to run into a place for me, but I don't think it's going to have. Any real bearing on the front end of the champion hurdle? It's obvious that Mahayad wants a big field handicap to run any sort of race. Do you agree there? Yeah, and, and has just been founding at the top level. Yeah, Pinchu's almost gone at the game really since he's come back from injury. It's not looked like the same horse. Yeah, it's sad really because he had bits and pieces of form, didn't he? And uh, well, grade one winning novice. Yeah, well, it's disappointing that just that injury can just knock him back, and then that's it. They're gone. Yeah, and the next the next race was a fiercely competitive renewal of the Peter Marsh, won by Wakanda. He pops up a lot in these good races. He's, he's won a Sky Bet. He's won a Rehearsal Chase, a Roller Merrick. Now a Peter Marsh. He's, he's, he must have a little checklist at home of all the good handicaps in the <laughs> north. If he's, he's won them all now. He has, and I, I was very impressed with this performance because I, I thought this was a very strong race. It was... Between us, couldn't we? We could have made about 10 cases for yeah. most of them. Jesus Christ. Jim will vouch for this. I was about to put a bet on Wakanda on my, on my little racing post app. Saw the price had changed from 7-1 to one to 13-2. to two. For the sake of half a point, I abandoned it and back to Tago Trail instead. Bottled, yeah. What a moron. What an absolute moron I am. Especially because I, I really like Wakanda. One four six. I thought it was quite well handicapped off that mark. Very, very well handicapped. I, I, I'm not quite sure where you'd go with him next. The Grand Nationals look the obvious race for him you'd for the past three what seasons. The, what he gets, the weights in the national. However, he'd, he'd get in. He'd get it. He'd definitely get in. But what would he be carrying? It. I, I assume he'll go up five for this one. Five one would see him. If he's being generous, we'd say three. If he if he gets put up three pound, that's very very generous. Yeah, I'd I'd, I'd have him on side. Yeah, as a Grand National type, jumps well, stays well. Sue Smith knows 
exactly what it takes to train a national winner. I backed Robbins first and was... Eye-catching. I Very eye-catching. Was almost thrown in at the last two fences, I thought. Uh, but, yeah, I, Richard Johnson gave De Klondike a bit of a push, didn't he? <laughs> well, De Klondike jumped across uh, Robbins Firth and Robbins Firth kept his ground and sadly the favourite De Klondike went, but... Yeah, but I know bearing that in mind, Rob, Robbins Firth for me would be another one who'd have, a, who'd have a shout out in the Grand National. One of many of Colin Tizard's, you could name six now, couldn't you? Yeah, really. And he, he really does have a fine knack at staying chases, doesn't he? Yeah, Bally Dines meant to be going back to Haydock for the Grand National trial next Which time. would be perfectly... A, a good idea because he absolutely hit the second last and almost went to a stop, didn't he? Rallied really well. Really rallied really strongly and I was really impressed with him towards the finish because I thought he was out of the race and then I saw the result came up and he was third and a lot of these horses that went up front finished tired, which made me think they went really hard in front. I and Personally, looking at it from the race course, I didn't think it was that strongly run, but I think the horses who stayed back at the beginning of prevailed what would you do with one for Arthur failing to complete on both his starts this season Lucinda Russell were fairly positive thinking he'd have stayed on into a place it's sad isn't it Uh, I'd retire him after two Jimmy right out of all the things I've heard you say on this podcast that's the worst I'm sorry that's solidly the worst two poor runs and you're retiring him already not even having a goal back another goal at the Grand National take him show jumping but well, that won't work. She's unseated both know, times this season. But you never know. Show jumping's a different game, different tempo, different everything. For me, he's gone. You've stunned me into sight. Completely gone. I, th- I think this is going to be the last episode of Turf Talk. Because <laughs> I, I, I can't stomach that. Retire him. Idiot. Uh, well, well, what do you do with a 10-year-old that doesn't like jumping? Try and run him in the Grand National World, just fall again? That he's already won. Yeah, but he might not. What's I, I know there's certain scenarios where horses light up when they go to Aintree. Do you just tr- risk him and running him in the national? Then what do you do if he unseats there? Retiring. Continue. It's the horse's welfare that we've got to look at here. He's not fallen. He's unseated twice. I'm not. I'm not sure. He, he looked tired and wasn't going to make any form of impact when he unseated Derek Fox. I strongly disagree. I still like one for half, but it was it wasn't a great effort. I think you're just hanging on to your strings of when he won the national and you backed him. And I'm sorry to be slightly brutal. No. So it's a good job Jim Watson doesn't own any horses because after two poor runs he'd all be retired. <laughs> all every single horse Jim would own would never get the chance to redeem itself. And not not even with a dropping handicap mark. Not even with a dropping handicap mark. No, you've run badly. That's it. Hence, Jabotti Cabot doesn't isn't owned by me anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Bloody hell! Uh, over in Ireland, it's worth giving a mention as well to the Kinlock Bray. One really good finish this. Won by two a Permi. Really close finish by these. Beat Sublet Tenant by a short head. The Jiggingstown duo battled it out to the line, and I thought Sublet Tenant just got up on the line. Personally, watching it, but two a Permi. I know you were all over him, but you didn't end up backing him in the end. No. No, I, I mean, he's a horse I'm a massive fan of. Still only six. And there just seems to be... He just seems to be progressing with every single start. This was a good race. Jiggingstown have won this with good horses in the past. Don Cossack won it twice. 
I don't know where we'll go at Cheltenham. I know that is meant to be the plan. He's, he's in the betting for the Ryanair and the Gold Cup. I'd probably be slightly more keen on the Gold Cup for me. Yeah? Yeah, I think he stays. He's a Troytown winner. Fair dues. I, I, I can see where you're coming from, but would, in a foggy year for the Gold Cup, he could probably finish somewhere within the first seven. Yeah, definitely. You know, you, you, it's the sort of one where you can... Where it might take a big price one to pop up, and two way permies progressing, mm-hmm. like like Clanders or Bowies, like Kemboys, and it's more likely to be one of them types for me. I include Belsill in that progressing group, yeah. than a slightly more exposed Native River or Road to Respect. Mm-hmm. I, I I think he's got he'd have a solid chance in the Ryanair as well, but to me, I think he stays pretty well. Total recall, jump like an absolute. Special horse. He still can't jump, can he? And he's never he's never been great at it. And you you sort of got to take the risk and go. Do you do we just put him back over hurdles now? I I could see him running a decent race in a stays hurdle if they decided to change their mind. Yeah, I, I could see that. I mean, he's he's rated one four six over hurdles, which obviously they'd have to run him in a attempts qualifier to get him into the one at Cheltenham. But that's a very fair mark. It it's a winnable race if you think winnable attempts this year I think if you get a decent handicap mark uh, just looking down the field of Stayers Hurdle is he in the betting? No I don't think he'll be an entered I'd be very surprised if he went if he went over back over hurdles why would he go for a grade one when he's got a mark of 146? Very very, very fair point and Potemps job finish six in a Potemps qualifier <laughs> that could do couldn't it? Uh, we'll move on now to talk about the upcoming action from Cheltenham and Doncaster at the weekend. With on the far side, Paisley Park. It's looking like a turn up here. Paisley Park from West approaches as they race up towards the line. Paisley Park, he's won two this season. Can he make it three? Paisley Park is driven out from West approach and Paisley Park wins the JLT hurdle. From- uh, we'll start with... The 150 at Cheltenham, it's a, a Spectra Cyber Security tr- Solutions. Trophy handicap chase, great free handicap over two and a half, the sort of race at Cheltenham that always is quite an interesting and competitive affair. Johnny Cahead's a betting uh, for Nicky Henderson, general 9-2, 5-1, Sierra Delac, 6-7s. You can back Dingo Dollar at 7s, same with Movie the Times, Activials around 9s, then Bally Hill. Uh, what do you make of it, James? Well, I'm, I've always been a big fan, and he's always had a big reputation of move with the times, because he's Nichols has always had him as this looking forward to uh, novice chaser, and he's been disappointing so far. Uh, in his three last runs, he's pulled up, unseated rider, and fell, and. The unseated rider in what should have been a schooling race at Fakenham, if I'm being brutally honest. And I know Nock, Nock Annis won that race, but he should have won easily. And I'm willing to give him another chance at this level because I, I think he's better than this and could be dangerously handicapped off 140 because he is a talking horse and he's always been hyped up. be interesting to see if he does run because in the same colours... For the same trainer, Brelan, Brelan Dar, 
Is that yeah. how we say it? Yeah, I think so, yeah. Uh, also put up a nice performance last time. So it'd be interesting to see which of the two will run because if Move With The Times runs, I don't think he'll go off 6-1 to one on the day. I'd like to have seen a bit more from Move With The Times over recently. He's he, he has, he's a horse who's always had quite a big reputation he, and he's obviously got a fair level of ability. Is his head in it? Yeah. Is he still in the game? And he is eight. He's only eight. I think there could be more to come from this horse, and I'm willing to give him another chance. The favourites, Janica, uh, for Muneer and Suede, trained by Nicky Henderson. What do you make of him, James? Uh, well, he, he's not not done anything wrong, necessarily. Uh, he's got a nice string of 2 one, one, 2 but he ran for the first time in England under rules for Nicky Henderson behind Hell's Kitchen at Ascot, and I thought that was a fairly decent run. He... He's slightly high in the handicap for me, and I do think now Valtor, who was entered for last year's uh, last weekend's Peter Marsh, a bit similar to him, where they've sort of given him an inflated handicap mark because of his form in France, and whether that form in France has quite necessarily come out to be as strong. I, I think 150 is a high mark for him. Do you think so? I think he bumped into a good one at Ascot. See, yeah, Hell's Kitchen's one of them horses where he's either hot or cold, and that day it was hot. When he's hot, he's pretty good, though. He's very good. So, movie I think like, 150's pretty fair, mate. Do you think? I do. He, I, I, I think he's a good thing as favourite. Look, uh, you can make Bally Hills consistent, and he's the sort of horse who should probably give his running in a race like this. Sierra de Lac uh, for Nick Williams, and Lizzie Kelly's already jocked up on that one. Uh, for a stepdad. Uh, he's he's won his last two. Uh, what do you make of his chances, James? Well, I'm not a massive fan. Nothing against Nick Williams, but I'm not a massive fan of his horses. He, he, he did win quite... He jumped well, let's just say that, last time at Exeter. And I, I think not for me in this. I, I'm unsure. Probably needs to take another step forward, I'd say. The, the, the races he's been winning haven't quite been at the level of the ones moving the times in Janica. I've been winning Ding Dingo Dollar wins this if he runs for me. He won't run though. He? Exactly, he'll, he'll go for go the for Sky, the sky bet. bet. But he does he's not a stayer. Well we'll probably talk about him more in the uh, sky bet, I think. Yeah, I mean blow by blow's also fairly high up in that betting for this good old slow by slow. He's a he's a horse uh, that you like, really, isn't he? Is he? Yeah. Do I? Well he's a slow staying chaser. Yeah, exactly. Not in this. No. Not, not 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 over two and a half. Four. Blow by blow needs four miles. <laughs> Although it would be of interest if he turned up in the national lunch chase. Probably, probably, I'd have probably have expected a little bit more from him going chasing. He looks physically like a chaser. Yeah, he's just pretty slow. He got smashed by Dale to work last time. Yeah, yeah. can't see it. Who wins this for you, James? I, I I'm all over. Uh, move with the times here. Janica for me. I think he's a pretty. It could be a good thing. Favorite backer off one fifty. Uh, the next one is the Cotswold Chase. Uh, there's there's a field of eight entered. I'm not exactly sure how many of these will turn up. They are Frodon, Elegant Escape, Valtor, Black Carton, Terrafor, Alison Monteur, American, and Manella Rocco. Oh, the words. The king. The words are echoing in my ears. Why? Why is Manila Rocco entered in the Cotswold chase? Because she's the best staying chaser on earth. Anyway, moving on. 
This race, if they all line up, looks hot, I think, because Froden's in form, Elegant Escape's in form, Valtor's in form. Terrafor was disappointing last time, but we obviously know he's got a serious engine underneath him and could be competitive. American's got very, very strong form for over the last two seasons, although he's not performed at the top level. And then there is the donkey that is Manila Rocco. Have some respect on the name of the king, please. Jimbo Horses finished second in a Gold Cup and beat a Native River at a Cheltenham Festival. And yes, he might have a screw loose. And yes, he might be a curmudgeonly, lazy little horse. But he's pretty good when he gets it together. Uh, elegant Escape would be the, probably be the one to beat if turning up. I'm not sure how much I think he will. I'm not sure whether he will, though. I thought the plan after the Welsh National was to go straight straight for Cheltenham. Uh, well, he was very impressive and we were all over him, weren't we? Uh, all over Elegant Escape to win the Welsh National. American was second in this race last year. So, he, he obviously... He normally targets this race, doesn't he, Harry Fry? Yeah. Uh, I'd like to have seen more from American on his only start this season, though. Wasn't didn't run particularly well in the Gold Cup. I know he was outclassed then, and never involved in the Ladbrokes Trophy. Uh, Terrafort, bit of a flop on his seasonal reappearance, but his novice form from last season would give him a shout in this. Yeah, he was beaten 50 lengths by Elegant Escape, and that clearly wasn't his running. He didn't jump well, but you can always... He's been off since November now, and he could have just had something wrong with him. He could have had a slight niggle or an injury. <laughs> but you could possibly, going on last year's form, he, he beat Surname by a neck, he was beaten in the JLT by Shattered Love and just got edged out by Miss Parfoir at Aintree. He beat Miss Parfoir? Oh, he beat, sorry, he beat Miss Parfoir at Aintree. So he's got form in the book, but whether he can reproduce it this year is a different question. Black Carlton is... And this this sort of distance will suit him better than this last This is time. the sort of race Black Carlton should be a forcing if if going for it, but Brian is already jocked upon Brat Frodon, which makes me think Black Horton's not gonna run. Fair dues and, and Frodon runs perfectly well at Cheltenham all the time. This and, trip? And I'm not sure about this trip. They're trying to make him into a gold cup horse and he's a Ryanair horse. I'd I'd probably say for that. What do you what do you make of Valtor who's second top rated in this? Well, I, I said he's been given an inflated handicap mark, uh, 160, but th this sort of race could sort of suit him. Uh, we don't, we still don't actually know a lot. He could bounce from that run last time uh, at Ascot because he beat what was a, a decent field and most of them ran two weeks ago or last weekend. And the form of that has come out and been slightly weak and Jamie Masters finished second in the last Samurai just got pipped at the line uh, and Benatar was disappointing I, I'm not sure with Valtor I, I'm on the fence I'll I'll rather watch him this race and then see if he bounces yeah I'd, I, I'm an elegant escape for me if if turning up I, I doubt he will though unfortunately this is a tricky puzzle sort of race it really is and first of all selecting the ones which are going to run which I don't think Black Horton will and I don't think Elegant Escape will which leads a field of six 
but then the question will te- Terrafar and Valtar will they only ru- run once uh, yeah. Manier and Swede but they're not afraid to run two against each other no exactly it, it's it's a cracking cracking puzzle uh, also the fact that Manella Rocco is un- uh, entered elsewhere uh, no he's not is he there he is he's entered that sky bet oh he's entered in the sky bet so it'd be interesting to see if Manella Rocco goes here as well yeah, fascinating little contest. Are we going to make a selection, Jim, or...? I'm going to sit on the fence. I'm just going to wait for the declaration. Yeah, so so will my elegant escape if he's in it. Uh, I could probably see Terrafor bouncing back. Yeah. He's, he's, th- that, his seasonal reappearance was surely too bad to be true. He's a better horse than what he showed there. Uh, the Ballymore, Novices Hurdle, Champ and Birchdale, the two big name. Horses from Nicky Henderson and JP McManus, they had the betting. Emmitton, unbeaten in four starts for Oran Greatrix, is 7-2. Jarvis Plate, course and distance winner last time out, similar odds. Then brewing up a storm for Ollie Murphy. Bigger prices, hold the note, Buster Valentine and Howling Milan. What do you make of this, Jimbo? Well, this is a proper good field if they all turn well, up. Well, Champs jocked up with Barry Geraghty, so I'd be pretty sure Champs running in front of Birchdale. So we can sort of rule Birchdale out, in my opinion, because although Champ has drifted in the market, opened up six to four, and he's now three to one, and he'd be giving weight. Yeah, and Birchdale opened up four to one, he's now smashed into two to one. Be interesting to see which one JP McManus runs because they are both very high class types. We've talked about Birchdale a bit uh, with the Warwick card the other week, and I am a big fan of Birchdale. Champ has done nothing wrong, and solidly deserves favouritism in the Ballymore market. For me, I'd be willing to give Brewing Up a Storm another go. Now he's stepping up to two mile, four and a half. I I thought two mile was slightly sharp for him last time and Richard Johnson's booked on him and I think he could run a really good race because he looked like he wanted a further distance last time. He just looked tack for toy. He was ridden along and plodded on to finish fourth. Uh, behind Champ and I'd be willing to give him another chance what about you? I, I think Champ and Birchdale are the obvious two they're the ones who could be spectacular in this as could Emmy Tom to be fair who we've not quite got to the bottom bottom of yet you know his form right made an hurdle at Foss last where he beat Liz Nagar Oscar to be fair and then a victory at Lingfield isn't the sort of thing to make people stand up and you know stand up and take mega notice of him but he did them both in good style and you know he, he, he might be shorter if we were a bigger name than Warren Greatrix who's not I, a bad trainer I Jarvis plate solid yeah very solid I don't think he'll run here Emmy Tom don't you no I think that I think they'll if they're going to run him in a big race they'll run him in one at the festival Champ for me, probably. Although I like Jarvis play, I like them all. To be fair, this is a good group of novices. Buster Valentine, even if we look at twelves, has done absolutely nothing wrong since coming from a point to point in Ireland. Unbeaten in two. Unbeaten in two, and Aaron Newcastle. They're not bad tracks to win races at, and he's got distance at two mile four and a half on soft ground, so we'll definitely get home. Uh, so Ruth Jefferson's could have a decent type on her hands there, but for me, brewing up a storm to try and reverse the placings with Champ. The Cleave Hurdle is the final race we'll touch on 
from Cheltenham this weekend. Midnight Shadow and Paisley Park. The boy. 7-2 joint favourites. Black Up is 9-2. Holston 11. Opeti Swa. Sam Spinners both 7s and 8s. You know what I mean, Harry. 9 Wester Poach. 11s Lil Rockefeller. 14s last year's winner, Agrapar. This will sort out a lot of the British side of the Stairs Hurdle betting. It's quite a messy looking field at the minute. I know what you're going to say, Jimbo. Go on, talk about Paisley Park. Paisley Park has been rejuvenised uh, this season. Has uh, not, is yet to lose. Beat Shades of Midnight at Haydock in what was a great race where he just got up on the line, beating uh, as well first assignment. And then he was utterly impressive when winning the JLT, I thought. And he's beat West Approach, who lines up here as well. And Top Notch as well, who... We saw Top Notch do his thing at Ascot, at Kempton, sorry, the other the other week. Uh, I, I love this horse, and he will take all the beating for me. Yeah, I'd I'd rather be with Paisley Park, the Midnight Shadow for me. I, I'm there's a question mark with Midnight Shadow. Will he stay three miles? He shapes like he will. It's just I'm not quite sure. Will they go the shape off? of the form? I oh. think the fast. He'll need a fast run race to come anywhere close I think because he's not a sure three miler for me he, they rode him last time for two mile four as if he wouldn't even stay two mile four so I'm not sure with Midnight Shadow I, I think if you if you give me money to back one of the two favourites it'd obviously have to be Paisley Park wouldn't it I'd be with I'd be with you there the one I'd fear more than Midnight Shadow who don't get me wrong I think has a very very solid chance but Again, doubts about just how good beating, how much beating Holstone and Old Guard is worth, you know, against Paisley Park, who is a great one winner. Although you could say that beating West Approach and Top Notch back over hurdles, it's not the sort of form to make you stand up and clap. Correct. You know, but maybe that's all there is this year. Maybe that's all there is. Black Op could be something special, and going back over hurdles looks to be the right thing to do with him Can't because he can't it. jump a fence. Correct. And interesting, John. Jonathan Burt's booked up. Noel Feely's not been well in the past couple of weeks, so I hope he gets better because he's one of the top-class jockeys in the weighing room. And uh, It's sad to see him not riding Black Op because he's he's got a rapport with that horse. And I, I think Black Op is the main danger for me for Paisley Park. I think Paisley Park, Paisley, Paisley Park and Black Op first and second. Just hopefully Paisley gets his head in front. Yeah, uh, oh, Petit Soir, former Coral Cup winner. Back to form last time out, winning on New Year's Day in a handicap at Cheltenham. He's not been the easiest horse to train, he's struggled with injuries, but if he's back to his best, he'd be a force to be reckoned with, surely. Yeah, Carson distance form. I, I, I think he's been a cracking sort of horse, and he's, some, he's someone, Dan Skelton, a horse that could properly put him on the map if he, because this is a perfect trial for the stairs hurdle at Cheltenham, and if he runs anywhere decent in this he'll know that he'll have to have his say in the stays hurdle at Cheltenham and yeah I, I could see on Petit Soir winning a decent race seven to one's a decent price I think uh could be each way value yeah definitely what do you make of West Approach runner up behind Paisley Park is he overpriced at nines he could be if you look at Paisley Park who's seven to two but the thing is he's not the most consistent to win is he he doesn't no. like winning and 
I'm not sure with West Approach whether he'd have any chance in this because I think this is a really good race. One who I think is overpriced is the old boy. You know what I mean, Harry. You, you love him, and I used to love him, but I've sort of I won't go that far, but I, I made a case for why I think he's overpriced each way for the stayers. I thought it was at going, thirty-three to one. I thought it was going really well when he fell in the JLT last time, and I think he could have played his hand. And eight to one could be a big price. Yeah, great two winner at Newbury earlier in the season. He's achieved far more in the past twelve months than Sam Spinner has. Completely. And Sam Spinner's short a shorter price. Sam Spinner is seven to one and He's shown nothing this shown, season. He unseated in both his starts and he, he last time was at his worst. He he didn't jump at all the first two, did he? And Jed O'Keefe, ten out of ten for him keeping faith in Joe Oliver because if I was him, I'd possibly look for another jockey, and that's nothing against Joe Oliver, but he's obviously got something in his mind about him. That M- miserable Jim, back at it again. <laughs> this week, his target of abuse is Joe Oliver. Sorry, Joe, I think you're a good jockey. Uh, fa- who wins the cleave for you, then? Are you going to be boring and say Paisley Park? Nap, Paisley Park. I, I probably agree. I think he's the likeliest winner. I've proper converted you this season. Paisley Park, Dynamite Dollars. Well, you've not. Con- he's converted me, Jim. Oh. I've, I've, I've not started suddenly thinking Paisley Park's good you've because started. you keep saying he's good. He's proven it on the track. If you kept saying he were good and he'd been beaten 30 lengths, you know, at Fontwell, I wouldn't be going, wandering around going, oh, Jim Watson, I'll tell you what, he's taught me around. Uh, but actually, I've just, I've just seen Elegant Escape for the past... Five well, ten minutes we've been saying not gonna run, not gonna run. Confirmed, gonna run. He's gonna so run. He's, now. he's my pick in the Cotswold. <laughs> uh, yeah, why not? He'll be mine as well. We're both a big fan of him, and he probably should run a really good race. Yeah, we'll move over to Doncaster now for the Skybet Chase, one of the big Northern handicaps. Really competitive field. This the bet in general for it. Dingo Dollar, general five to two sixes, double oh seven sixes and sevens. You can get for Warriors Tail. Between 8 and 10 single fan payment. Art Moreski's around 10 to 1. Similar odds go conquer. Then you can back Willy Boy at, at 12s. Bigger prices are remainder. They include Favorito, Bucks, Calypto, Manella Rocco, Ontor, and Brian Boranha. What do you make of the race, Jimbo? Well, if we go on the form of the Labrooks trophy from this season, Dingo Dollar must definitely have a really big chance in this race. He, he got caught up with the pace, didn't he, uh, up front trying to eyeball Thomas Patrick and did very, very well to stay third in the end. Um, I thought that that day th- the distance really didn't suit him and for me, three miles should be just right for him. Three mile two was just a bit too much for him last time and I think he's a well-deserved favourite and five to two may be a short price in a big handicap like this but I think he's a certainty almost. I think he went into everyone's notebooks really with that running the Hennessy. The race didn't probably pan out to suit him. Because I, I backed him in the Labrook and I, I thought as soon he'll, he'll due to win again because the form of that is very, very strong. Yeah, it is. It is, And there the looks to be a massive pot in, in Dingo Dollar. That is very fair to say. Just not sure. Look, I don't think he stayed particularly well in the Hennessy. I'd be more... Keen on him over, over a shorter distance. Maybe four, not. Maybe not five. even a shorter distance. But 
this is a big competitive race, and there are some confirmed strong stayers in there. Manella Rocco has won over four miles. You know, single fan payment <laughs> is is a notoriously strong stayer. I'm not sure whether that will play into Dingo Dollar's strengths, Fair. although I do think he is the correct favourite. Yeah, I, I can see where you're coming from. And also, will he get a easier lead up front, or will he be let off at the pace? Because if you think Go Conquer went forward last time, so yeah, he should get an easy run. Well, not an easy run because no race is easy like this, but should get a less competitive lead from the front. And I think he will take all the beating. Manella Rocco, do you want to talk about your appreciation to Manella Rocco? I mean, I can do. I don't think he's got a chance in this. Really? No. No, not at all. He he needs a slog. I'd be more inclined to see him in the Welsh National or somewhat like if he turned up in the Classic Chase a couple of weeks ago. I think he finds three miles a bit sharp and he's ran well twice in the past three years. I, I, I just have to keep the faith with him because when he's good, he's very good. He's very, very good. And, and um, look, a, a good run in this first six will probably tee him up quite well for the Grand National. I reckon it should be the target for him. This season, 007 and Go Conquer met last time over course and distance. Very 007. closely matched, aren't they? 007 came out on top that day. Would you give either of them a chance, Jim? I would. 007 looked like he needed every bit of three miles. He uh, was held up and almost Go Conquer just got away from him last time. I think these two, if they run the same sort of race, it's course and distance. Course and distance form is always important in my opinion, and I do I do like the profile of Go Conquer. I do think he's got another big handicap in him somewhere. I know he's ten, but I, I do think he's got something big in him. Yeah, he's been knocking on the door for a couple of seasons now, really. Haven't yeah, he? definitely. Again, similar to Dingo Dollar, do you think he needs a quick three miles? I I, I do. Stamina isn't his strong suit. I don't think. He, uh, he, yeah, he he stays it. He stays but it, stay but it better. Yeah. He could he couldn't probably stay three mile two, but he could stay three mile. Yeah, I I I think that's a very fair thing to say. Single fan payments notoriously hard to win with, but surely he's got to have he's got one of these in him. He'll probably he'll be in the first three or four. I'll be disappointed if he's not because he just doesn't like winning, does he? He should have won last time when just being narrowly denied in that photo finish at Cheltenham behind Cogri, I think it was. And yeah, I I like single fan payment because he's a elusive a bit he's, he's always keeps b- stuff back for himself but yeah single farm, farm payments should be there and also Art Maresk was given a very big talk up by Harry Cobden on Luck on Sunday the other day uh, he was 8th in the Peterborough and ran no sort of race but if you go back to some form last year he was 2nd behind uh, Traffic Fluid in the Dexo Gold Cup and, at the start of the season yeah at the start of the season sorry and Go Conquer was behind him that day so if you fancy Go Conquer, you have to put in Art Maresk and Harry Cobden's giving him a very good talk up, so you must be bang there. Warriors Tail, runner up in this last season, comes off the back of what was probably your career best winning yeah. the Grand Sefton. He's a really likable racehorse. Yeah, he's a typical Trevor Emmins purchase looking for the future, isn't he, for over the national fences. I was impressed with him last time. He beat what I thought was a pretty decent field in the Grand Sefton and Step up to three uh, three mile from two five last time. He was pulled up in the national, wasn't he? Yeah. So, uh, doesn't, you, doesn't quite stay. Are you sure? Are you sure three miles will suit him perfectly? Yeah. Again, he's he's another one that I'd say Dingo Dollar Go Conquer. He stays free. It's probably 
upper end of his stamina spectrum. Yeah. Rather than lower end like Manella Rocco, who wants three miles minimum. I think Go Warriors Tail wants three miles max, but I don't think the trip would be a major concern for me. Are there any at a bigger price you can give you can make a case for, Jim, or do the bookies have this right? I think the bookies have this right and I think Dingo Dollar could be definitely a horse to beat and him and Paisley Park could be a nice double this weekend. Yeah, I I, I think Dingo Dollar's the likeliest winner. But at the odds, look, you can get him at 5-2, to two, which I think is pretty short <laughs> for a horse whose stamina isn't fully assured. I'd, I'm going to sound... Jim's going to laugh, and I'm going to put probably put up single-fan payment as a safe each-way bet, a general 8-1. to one. Delusional. Although each-way... Delusional? You can obviously see his point... Because he will be placed more than likely. You were, you were going to slag me off no matter what I said then. Yeah, I was. I'm just in a grumpy mood again. So, single farm payment oh. each way, yeah. yeah. I can see where you're coming so, from. Altiora win the champion chase. Stop talking rubbish, Tomo. <laughs> <laughs> Bloody hell. Right, uh, there's also a great two novice chase on the card, uh, which we're going to talk about, because Dynamite Dollars and the law, round three, Jimbo. Well, we're just going to have to be Team Dynamite Dollars, aren't we, again? he uh, Harry Cobden's book, so I'm presuming he's going to run. So, yeah, I'm, I've expressed my love for Dynamite Dollars this season. He's beat Lalore, he's lost to Lalore, so it's 1-1. So it'll be interesting to see what round three provides because Dynamite Dollars has since won it, well, beat Kalashnikov at uh, Kempton in the gloom. So I I love Dynamite. Dynamite Dollars, and although he is the less flashy type of the two, I, I'd still have to stick with him. Yeah, I, I, I'd probably agree with you there. I think I, I think Dynamite Dollars is progressing, and I'd, although all very well could do, and it wouldn't surprise me at all if he left that poor effort at Sandown behind. He's probably, I'd say, I'd be more scared of Peak Law than pink dynamite dollars. Yeah, fair. Uh, yeah, I can agree. And also with Lalor, the question is, does he want a bit of soft ground? Does he want any soft ground? Does we, he want good ground? We don't know what ground. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's like there, there's so many question mixed marks. evidence. So much question marks behind Lalor. Whereas dynamite dollars, he turns up, doesn't matter what, and he runs his race. And for me, he, he should win this. I mean, it's also worth mentioning Nock Nanus, who was who won twice this season before being beaten by Master Dino at Plumpton last time. Which, no shame in that. No shame in that, because he was a strong fancy for the JLT, wasn't he? So, yeah, Narcanus, he's got form in the book, and he did. there was a bit of a demolition job at Newbury, really. He beat Cupertana by 17 lengths and was never really in the race. So, yeah, I could give Narcanus a chance. I think this could be a really good novices chase. And yeah, it would be interesting to see how the markets price it up, to be honest. Three really good novices there. What I would say is, if if you fancy Dynamite Dollars all along for the Arkle, back them now. Yeah. Back them now. Because the, whoever wins this, the price is going to be slashed up. Yeah, correct. So back them now. Same with Knock Nanus as well, who's certainly no mug. I mean, look, there's three novices. Dynamite Dollars is off 155. The Law 151. Knock Nanus 148. He'll get £5 off the top two. But it's a really, really nice racing prospect. I'm probably with Jimbo. Dynamite Dollars wins this for me. And then probably goes off favourite for the Arkle. Well, it'll have to be, won't he? He's beat never enough the strongest rivals in that division. 
In Britain. Yeah. And don't forget Lurishberg. Easy. Dynamite dollars can dispatch him. Right. That's almost everything. Do we have an eye catcher this week, Jim? Uh, yes, we do. And uh, it's going to sound pretty obvious, but it comes in that Chepstow race that happened last Thursday where Lisnagar Oscar just beat Dicky Diver. Is it Dicky Diver? Dicky Diver is this week's eye catcher of the week. He is full of potential. He clattered the last and rattled home. He was keen throughout the race and he was very jig-joggy in the paddock before the race and he was just denied an, an extra yard and he would have won and he looks a future champion. Uh, to be honest, he was a 210,000 purchase at the Doncaster sales, so he didn't come cheap uh, after winning a point-to-point and I think this horse could be set for big targets in the future and it's another one to join the list of JP McManus, Nicky Henderson champions with Birchdale and Champagne Platinum just off the top of my head so yeah yeah, I'll, I'll echo that I think Dickie Diver looks like a really really nice type making his rules debut also worth mentioning in that Chepstow card Mal McGinty smashed up Shefter's old bow failed to complete once again if, you, if you're not a regular listener you'll know Jimbo Watson thinks Shefter's old bow's going to win a gold cup some of the well, way he goes on about him. Win a gold cup, and right. if it, he's got some grudge, random grudge against Nal McGinty, who's a cracking, cracking horse, already at a similar level as he was over hurdlers. He was a high 140s hurdler. He's already over a similar level over fences, and he's worth bearing in mind for any of the Cheltenham Festival handicap chasers. I reckon the uh, the Ultima or the Kim Muir, he'd have a cracking chance in either of them. Well done to Nal McGinty and Stuart Edmonds, a trainer as well. Nice to see Stuart Edmonds have another nice one on his hands. My catcher of the week was up at Sedgefield yesterday. Not not on the most obvious place to find a potential superstar, but we might have seen one in Windsor Avenue, who won a novice hurdle up there. Beaten at Newcastle over 2-6 in a race, which is working out to be quite good. The winner of that was Ask Ben, who was a big outside that day, but has since come out and won again and looks pretty smart for Graham McPherson. Beakstown, a grade two winner in second, and Lord Dumenil, who's fairly useful, was in third. Windsor Avenue didn't shake like he stayed that day, dropped back down in trip to 2 3, and made mincemeat of what was a fairly decent field of northern novices. You know, a few previous winners in there Hill 16 and Romeo Brown. Great given a cracking wide by Brian Hughes. He made a really bad mistake, free out. And well, when travelling into contention, Hughes decided to give him another breather. The first two, the horse who came on second and third, Hill 16 and Romeo Brown, pulled well clear whilst Windsor Avenue was taking a breather. I thought he'd lost it, travelled through back again into the lead like a dream and won by 15. Smart type for Brian Ellison. Uh, is that it? Everything, Jimbo? I'm pretty sure we've near enough rounded everything up. Yeah, next week we'll be back reviewing all of Cheltenham in action and looking forward to the Dublin Racing Festival. That'll be cracking, won't it, Jimbo? Sure will be. Thanks for listening and we'll see you all next week. See you later.